0: What's up and welcome to another episode of the Grindline podcast. You're listening to episode 256. I'm your host, Greg. I'm here tonight with Ryan. I am currently dying. We're going to wrap up this really shitty week (laughs) the Red Wings have had um, before I pass out or something happens. Um, Ryan, how are you? Because I'm bad. How are you? Uh,
2: I mean, if we're not talking about hockey, I'm great. Started a new job this week. It was a long three months of being laid off. So I couldn't have asked for much more outside the fact that I am a bit tired just because getting back into the swing of things and orientation overload sucks.
0: But other than that, pretty good. My daughter woke me up at 445 this morning because she said, quote, I'm too hot. I said, "Okay, then don't then uncover and go back to bed. And she goes, I want you to turn on my fan. So I had to go upstairs to her room at 4.45 in the morning to turn her fan on. So I am also tired.
2: Is she... How old is she? She's five. Oh, uh, She can get through those. I was going to say, we put those uh, kid-proof knobs on the one That's side. That's on the
0: inside of the two-and-a-half-year-old's room, so he yeah. doesn't come out. But her, she's allowed to come out and come get us if something's wrong, like if she doesn't feel good or whatever yeah 45 is a killer time man and today was my last day of work i'm off starting tomorrow all the way through the second of january and i actually had to work today so i worked my last day wrapping everything up very tired yeah. um i worked harder than the detroit red wings i think that Ooh. is a fair statement got today. it so we're gonna start tonight's show by talking about the nhl roster freeze the nhl roster freeze is in effect well will be in effect tonight at eleven fifty nine p.m., but by the time Day you're listening recording, to, this. yeah, by the time you're listening to this, it'll already be in effect.
2: Twelve nineteen at midnight. Eleven fifty nine p.m. is when the roster freeze hits. For clarity purposes,
0: it runs through twelve o one a.m. on December twenty eighth. Uh, what that does is the freeze will halt all trades, loans, waiver activity. Players placed on waivers Tuesday and claimed on Wednesday will immediately report to their new team. Transactions made to come into compliance regarding a player being removed from LTIR will also be allowed from the freeze. You are not allowed to add players to LTIR during the freeze. Any player on emergency recall can be loaned back to their AHL team uh, during the roster freeze period, and any player who is recalled after December 11th can be loaned up to 11.59pm on December 23rd, as long as waivers are not required
2: which that recall relates to the trait.
0: It gives a lot of, it's meant to give stability to the players around the holidays so that they're not all over the place and that they can be with their families as much as possible during the week. And this happened at literally like the worst time. So like I said, the Red Wings are garbage and lately we know that they've won two of their last like six. And they got injured like a lot huge injury pileup so clean Costin goes out again uh he took a huge hit and went out perfectly uh,
2: clean hit
0: it Mike. was a clean hit yeah it like was a, a clean g- hit
2: bradko Gudis freight train just well what was the quote from mickey it was when a movable in a immo- uh immovable force meets an immovable object or something like that or flipped one of the two Basically two freight trains hit each other and one had to win.
0: Force meets an immovable object.
2: That's what it was. There we go. I knew, knew you'd pick that up. And it but it was what you would look for in a guy coming across the ice to lay a hit. And it just so happened to be one of the biggest hitters for Detroit.
0: Yeah, and I at first I thought it just knocked the wind out of him. Yeah, now I think it may have broken a couple ribs, maybe. The way it, it's crazy because he
2: he you could tell that he saw like the, the oh shit moment that he had as he crossed that blue line. Cause he he was really having a, a decent game up until that point. I felt like other than Jeff Petrie, he was one of the most explosive wings on the ice. And for a lack of better words, that took the sails out of him, it seemed like even more. But the way that he like tucked that shoulder across his body to try to take that impact on. Almost seems like it made it worse with the way that he ended up taking it and then falling to the ground. And yeah, beautiful hit, brutal for us though.
0: Yeah, he crumpled. It took him a while to get up and off the ice. He was put on injured reserve back onto injured reserve. He was back. That was his second game back. He goes right back to IR. And uh, Vili Huso hurts himself. He overextended, looked like maybe a groin or leg pull, a uh, muscle pull. So I'm Vili worried Huso, about knee. Is he week to week? He's week to week now. So Billy Huso's week to week.
2: For the loan, Huso and Clean Costin are out week to week. Now, the biggest thing that's interesting to me is that before, so we saw Costin go on IR today. So that's minimum seven days, but we didn't get Huso, unless I missed it, placed on IR, which is weird in a way. But there's also some corresponding moves that we can talk about here in a moment. That probably plays into maybe why he didn't go onto IR, but at the same time, it's odd because that opens up a roster spot that lets you bring in guys if you have to while he's on IR. I mean, I guess it's nice that neither of them were put on LTIR, meaning they're out what the minimum thirty days 30 or thirty days, yeah, next game. So I don't want to jump ahead on who on the other corresponding moves, but I'll let you continue.
0: Yeah, so who so week to week, and like you said, he's not on IR. Just
2: looked weird, oh. man. I'm I'm worried knee. The, the first thing i thought was neat
0: he could still be placed on ir yeah uh, he just can't be placed on ltir so we know that the injury is not bad enough to go on ltir that he would be back eventually the same thing with lion lion i don't know what the injury was it looked like broadcast an of,
2: oblique strain
0: well when it what it looked like is like he did one of these like to his side and i thought maybe yeah. he had a side cramp or pulled a muscle in his side look, and had to go way. out
2: but it looked like maybe the way his like the way his hip and leg kind of extended when he was going side to side, that's where like the, the tweak came in because he like the the shot came in tight to the body, so he like reacted that way, and then it just I don't know. I'm probably gonna hurt myself trying to reenact. Just sitting <laughs> here in my chair.
0: Ryan's gonna Ryan's gonna go on IR from See reenacting the move.
2: But, Drop off uh, the video.
0: Newsy says that he will not be back until after Christmas which sucks because uh, James Reimer came in, was not good uh, again. And Lions, your best goalie. So right now, the corresponding move, as soon as that was announced, was that uh, a couple moves were made. We're not, there's no official move for coming to Detroit, but continue. The Grand Rapids Griffins released Michael Hutchinson from his AHL contract. The Detroit Red Wings signed Michael Hutchinson to a one year, two way contract for the remainder of the season. Hutchinson, so far uh, with the Grand Rapids Griffins, has played 13 games with a 2.9.8 goals against average and an 8.9.5 save percentage and um, has not been great. And it's worrisome that hope so. Hopefully, Reimer goes, Oh shit. I need to, like, super step up my game. And the defense goes, maybe we should try to not suck now. Yeah, and we don't okay. have to see Hutchinson out there. Hutch was great in preseason. He was great in camp. He goes to Grand Rapids, has not been great. Now, if Reimer goes down, we're super screwed. And Reimer's our oldest goaltender. So there's the worry right there, is that Reimer also pulls a muscle. And then all three, you started the season with three goalies. You're down to one. Well, now two because of the Hutchinson side. Arguably down to one, one and a half. Well, sure. It's just it's not it's not an ideal situation for it all to no. happen at once. Right as the roster freeze is coming because you can't make a trade. You can't wave a player. You have to just deal with it. And there's a lot of games coming up. We play a game tomorrow, which will be today by the time this is posted. And then we have a back to back against, was it Philly and New Jersey? Back to back this weekend? Yep.
2: Friday, it's Saturday. A
0: rough home a rough time.
2: They're at Winnipeg, home Philly Friday at Jersey on Saturday.
0: So that's a ton of travel too. This is like the, the worst time for the injuries to happen. Yeah. And kind of the worst position for the injuries to happen at when you have two goaltenders go down.
2: This is the Awful reality of that Sweden trip and Ottawa's dealing with the same hell because of how many games they're having to play as well. Like these both teams are almost at this point worn down. And I like the comment last night in the loss to Anaheim, like the mentality just doesn't seem to be there. This is Redmond in the post game up for the Red Wings right now. Like they're there, but how much are they there? Like they're the way that they've looked game in and game out. Sure, Carolina was a two-one loss, and Philly was a, a, a shutout one-one nothing loss. You can argue that defensively they looked better, but when you're going to, when you just scored six goals and then now you score four over your next three, like something's got to give. I, I don't understand what's going on. And another part of that, like going back to San Jose for instance, so they're one-five and one over since the Buffalo win and Habs win on the road. So, since coming back and facing San Jose, Ottawa on the sort, they're one, five, and one. They've got a minus nine goal diff, which their goal differential has been shrinking like no other after being at one of the league's best. So, they're getting outscored 19 to 28 since that San Jose OT loss, which that was a complete debacle as well. But they've allowed six, five, six, four, two, one, and four in terms of goals, respectively that ain't that ain't that ain't gonna cut it
0: no and it's i think we take it back to they've stopped starting on time and they've oh. sat back and they've dumped the puck and they're playing poke and hope hockey and like i said the other night when we're on the power play i don't know why you pass it back a whole half length of the ice i hate to get to the, power the drop out. back
2: for years i get it sometimes it's one thing if it was like a quick hit hitter as you guys are pushing up ice, you're coming almost, almost off the guy's ass. They completely kill and stop any momentum for the team moving forward. And it just lets the defense reset the, the, the PK team reset from the red line on back. And now you're pretty much running yourself into a wall. Cause a lot of the teams are just doing a one three where they're putting all the defensemen. They have one guy pr- pressure in a little bit, unless you're like a Carolina who they just don't stop pressuring at all. But, they just, it's almost impossible to get in. And then when Detroit finally does break the wall, they're seemingly, they just struggle to maintain possession.
0: They had some really good power play looks uh, in the last game. There was good cycle. Yeah. When they get in and can set up, it's fan- it still looks dangerous as hell. My problem is that it's not even a drop back. It's, if you watch football, it's a long snap. They yeah. literally snap, yeah, like when the, when the ball is snapped to a punter. That's how far they're dropping it back and they're doing it for no reason. And then Jeff Petrie will grab the puck and he'll just flip it into the zone. And that is That's absolutely just a five on five. maddening. And I just, I don't understand that you did so good when you came back from Sweden. You had that fire, you had that energy, you won games. And now you're back to playing how you played in Sweden right before where you're not starting on time. You're coming in soft. You're not making, you're not finishing checks. That's another thing. And if Robbie Fabry gets hit one more time, he might just die. Like he's been hit in the face so many times and oh none of God. it's been called. It is absolutely ridiculous.
2: He's about to become the bionic human. The, the way that, how, how many cuts has he now taken over the last couple of games? What, three or four different cuts to the face from either a stick, puck, or a hip?
0: It's been at least one in each of the last three games. And there was a game where he got hit twice in the face.
2: Yeah, he got hit twice in the face. He took a check to the face. He took a puck to the face. He's on a roll right now.
0: He got hit in the head. He took a head hit, which forced his face into the butt end of a stick and got cut. That was also not called. So there's a lot of just extreme inconsistency in both the Red Wings play which is why they're losing and in the officiating, which does not help whatsoever. And I think this goes back to, so Dylan Larkin, Dylan Larkin came back uh, from injury, which is great. It's amazing to have Dylan Larkin back. Dylan Larkin's a force on the ice. He is one of the best puck possession guys we have. And things happen generally when Larkin is out there, you get a lot of good looks. Larkin had an assist in his game back. It was awesome. But he had an interview today where he was asked about the hit. Real quick, did you want to pause and then jump into this? You saying, do I want to take a break, like a yeah. commercial? hmm I guess. Let's interrupt my, my transition to go to <laughs> break. <laughs> yeah, so let's go to break, because then we'll talk about Larkin. Uh, we'll talk about Debrinkit and a couple other things. So, yeah, let's do that. Let's go to break, and we'll be right back <laughs> in just a minute.
1: You're welcome. Red Wings fans, you can bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. And now that Patrick Kane is in Detroit, those odds might just be getting better. Download the app now and use code THPN. New customers can get $150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2003, all rights reserved.
0: And after that brief commercial break, we are back to talk about now talk about Ryan. Dylan Larkin. You're welcome. Dylan Larkin's interview that he did today, where he was asked about the hit, basically says that he doesn't really remember what happened, that he was trying to make a play on the puck and he was just standing there. He said, How do you protect yourself from that? Who is protecting you? There's a lot of unanswered questions in our sport. He says the message is being sent from the top. What is safe and what is not and how to discipline it. There's a lot of questions there and it's kind of scary as a player. He says that he is, it's eye-opening in the last week what's happened. It's been a trend and that he's obviously closely attached because he went through something, but he's talked to guys on the team and guys from other teams and it's hard to feel safe out there. It's hard to know how to protect yourself. And this goes back to George Paros being an absolute joke in the Department of Players' Safety and just not taking head hits seriously. Not taking things that could end guys' Or dangerous seriously. hits, for that matter. No, just, just hits in general. We're going to find uh, high sticks, and we're going to suspend for high sticks. But when guys are punched in the back of the head, when guys are boarded at 100 miles an hour into the boards, when guys are hit high, we're not going to do anything about it. And Gary Bettman started it all off by basically saying that CTE doesn't happen in the NHL and it's not a problem. So they're going to go with it. They have one of the dirtiest players in NHL history in charge of the Department of Player Safety, which blows my mind. Mm-hmm. And the players are going to have to start speaking out about it because if the players don't speak out, absolutely nothing is going to change because the, P- the NHLPA is going to have to be the one to do something about it. Like we're we're getting to the
2: point where there's going to be a, a player paralyzed, and or killed. You have a lot of the blowhards out there that are talking about how guys need to protect themselves, and I'll, I'll agree to an extent. But you look at a lot of the incidents that have been taking place. How are these guys supposed to protect themselves? Like you, you look at Larkin's instance. Like the puck was at their feet, and I like the way that Mickey characterized this in the broadcast. Is that? They don't respect each other anymore, and you can kind of you can maybe blame the fact that there's nobody for an enforcer-type role anymore, but that, that's because the game has evolved away from that, and McCarty will say the same thing. They don't respect each other, and a lot of that comes down to they're just really shooting at the head. They're, they're going high with fists. They're going high with sticks with a complete disregard of what could happen at the end of it. And part of it's the aggression. It's, a, it's an aggressive game. Got it. That's how things are going to go sometimes. Like you're going to get heated. Hands are going to get high. You're going to get pissed off. I got it. I got that. But this play with Larkin and Joseph again, Joseph, why are you like you watch the replay in any which way you try to like understand the mindset of Joseph here. I can't for the life of me explain why his fist was going to the back of Larkin's skull. Why is that? No, it would have been a, a normal hockey play
0: It happens all the time.
2: Bullshit. A normal hockey play is you're shoving a body, you're going body to body trying to get the guy out. More often than not, we see a bullshit cross check to the middle of the back. Fine, do it. That's probably going to be a two minute penalty. Put us on the power play. I'll take it. But when you're like like I said, these guys are going up. Why are we go- why are they going up? Why is the game now evolving to trying to take a dude out? Like you you look at several of the hits that took place that that weekend. And I we touched on this a little bit last week. What is, with the now new obsession, going into the boards at speed and taking a guy out in the numbers? Like I, I love watching like guys like Mike Rasmussen. He's an aggressive player. Could he be better about it? Absolutely. But I've noticed several times this year when he's been going hard into the boards in a, in, a, in a puck battle or trying to chase a guy down into it, he has been one of the few players in the league that I watch slow down and also... Grab up on the guy to ride him into the boards.
0: You know what you're supposed to do. Ride Why is that him such up and an take him to the boards for so many people at this point.
2: Because that's what like that's one way you can basically get away with holding is by not killing the guy. And now you're both going into the boards, then you you release on contact, and boom, now you have another puck battle going on. And then you see well, who was it? Um good Branson when he took that boarding from cousins. And you know, like I said, we talked about this before, but the stupidity behind it is he's boarded. No major penalty was called. I can partly see both ways behind why it wouldn't have, but I lean heavily toward it should have been because it was a dangerous play. You read the rule. That's basically how it is stated. The the level of danger. And then it comes up to interpretation. Like you touched on the CTE point and what's going to happen now is you're going to start seeing like Good Branson, for instance, he took matters into his own hands. He went and pummeled the shit out of Cousins. He fought him. And people were complaining about that, how players can't take the business into their own hands. Okay, well, then call the penalty.
0: Well, that's, the, that's where we run into the problem because if the refs aren't going to do it, then the players have to do it themselves. They have to police the game themselves. Well, the problem is it. with Good Branson, when he policed the game himself, they suspended him. Yeah. He got the guy suspended he- for it.
2: Made the extremely dangerous hit that put Goodbranson into his knees, almost headfirst into the boards. Didn't matter for that.
0: No, there was a knee to knee with Kyle Connor. Kyle Connor's out six to eight weeks. Where's yeah. the supplemental discipline for that? That was a blatant knee on knee hit. And they went nothing. after
2: Shifley. Was it Shifley? Who 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 from the Jets went after the guy? That I didn't don't know.
0: Eat? I didn't watch the the aftermath of it. But if they're not going to let the players police it themselves, and they're going to punish the players for policing it then punish the action that started it Mm -hmm. the refs no longer let players fight really they break it up as soon as it starts to happen so you can't have both sides of the coin they're trying to have both sides of the coin they're trying to say oh it's we want the big hits we want all that but we don't want retaliation for the big hits but we're not going to bad and we're not going to uh do anything to the person that did the hit so
2: well let's time out there too because now we're going down another more annoying path is big hits that are taking place clean big hits but that's where you see a line brawl and there's no additional supplemental discipline for that more often than not on one hand we've got big hits like i'm i'm happy that there was no fight i mean no no one on detroit other than Coston would have fought Gudis anyway after that type of hit but. Those are the hits you want to see. It sucks that Costin got hurt, but it was a clean hit. You watch Gudis the way he came in. He was tight. He never left his feet. He went right through the body all day. More often than not, though, depending on the team, that leads to an immediate fight. Those are the ones that piss you off more.
0: Especially if your name's Brady Kachuk.
2: Oh God. Yeah. So it's I don't I I don't know what the the simple fix is other than. The simple fix is for dops to do their fucking job and enforce the boarding penalty the way that it's written. All these are penalties and then some and especially if it and they all state if it leads to an injury in some fashion, if it leads to injury, it can be escalated up in terms of either a four minute or a game misconduct or a five in a game. I mean,
0: but now I think the rule that if what happened leads to an injury can't affect like the Department of Player Safety ruling, I think that's bullshit. Yeah, absolutely. I think that if someone punches someone in the back of the head, and they're out, uh, they have an injury, and they miss games, that should factor into the Department of Player Safety's ruling, because they went out there and injured a person. Like, that doesn't make sense. No, it
2: doesn't. I'm glad I bookmarked this after a while, but here's Rule 41, boarding. This is just the first part of it. There's multiple levels to it. But the baseline, boarding, quote, a boarding penalty shall be imposed on any player who checks or pushes a defenseless opponent in such a manner, manner that causes the opponent to hit or impact the boards violently or dangerously. The severity of the penalty, based upon the impact with the boards, shall be, shall be at the discretion of the referee. Everyone that I've seen of, of late fits that to a T to be boarding or a major boarding. Yet, we're seeing either no call or barely a call. And usually the calls are coming after a retaliation that takes place.
0: Well, what we're seeing is, and what we've seen all season, is that the discretion of the refs is awful. Mm -hmm. They've had absolutely awful discretion. Refs that are standing directly in front of penalties are not the ones calling the penalty. And that's, I guess it's just, I don't know how often referees need to do refresher courses on the game or to take tests on, Hey, we're you're going to watch this video. Is this a penalty and be tested on it? I think that's something that should be required because it's getting bad. And then Gary Bettman, I, the worst, literal worst person in the face. I hate Gary Bettman so much. <laughs> he goes on the national broadcasts when oh, the wings are playing. Sh- and one of the questions the asked was about the department of player safety. He's like, no, they do an amazing job. Everything they call is perfect. And uh, they've done nothing wrong or uh referee. Nope. Officials are amazing. Our officials are the best in pro sports. They never get anything wrong. It's absolutely amazing. And I mean, how, how you could watch literally, that tells me he watches nothing. He does not watch any game in the entire league, because if he did at that point, you go, my God, what is happening here? And that we need to change our training protocol. We need to change our testing protocol because it's not working, but he doesn't care because he's, I don't know. I just picture Gary Bettman as Scrooge McDuck diving in a giant vault full of coins. He's just jumping off a diving board into a vault full of coins because all he cares about is making money for the owners and that's all the owners care about.
2: Hey, and they're about to make a lot of it this year.
0: They are, but like at what cost? What happens if this happens to Connor McDavid or Connor Bedard? Say Connor Bedard takes a high hit, and he's out for three months.
2: Not a clean hit, a dirty hit.
0: Yep, a dirty hit, and he's out for three months. And the Department of Player Safety does absolutely nothing about it. Then what happens? What kind of PR shit storm do you have then? Because that's what you're waiting for. I mean, I mean
2: it's already a PR shit storm. I mean, there's the fact that there's so many X accounts, Twitter accounts out there now that are specifically calling out officiating. Tells you everything you need to know. Not to say that they haven't been there for a while, but with the bullshit from the NFL and the NHL has just put them on a pedestal of you're terrible it's not you're, you're getting called out every single day
0: It's getting louder that's yeah. what's happening it's getting that's a good louder. way
2: to put it. That's That's why you look at Major League baseball that it's one of the most pure games because of what you have in the field. more often than not, you don't need to have intervention for it, but they've brought in instant replay now they're getting They're inching ever so close to bringing in automatic strike zones. And it's only because you want things to be done, right? You want people in these competitions to get the best possible outcome, but that's being decided by the players. You don't want it being decided by the officiating. And that's where a lot of this shit ends up going. And every time it seems something is going well or, or, or poorly, the only other thing that sticks in the back of my mind, and you can go full conspiracy here. Every league is now having a major partner with gambling. Do with that one as you will. I don't trust that one for as far as I can throw. I don't gamble. I could, but I don't like losing money so easily other than trying to play a lottery.
0: Yeah, I mean, people have said forever that pro sports are fixed. And I don't know. Well, it's, uh, the only thing I know is fixed in, scripts the, uh, in the NFL. Well, the only thing that's fixed in the NHL is the draft lottery. Mm. But uh, I think we're going to go on to a kind of our last thing of the night. Alex Dabrinkit, Uh he had a six-game, like six-game pointless streak or goalless streak. Uh, he snaps that. He gets his 400th NHL point off a feed from. It went uh, Larkin to Kane to Ghost back to Kane, Kane to DeBrinket. Beauty, just almost sparked a to
2: comeback too.
0: Yeah, it was his birthday. He got two goals on his birthday.
2: Nearly got a hat trick.
0: Alex Dobrynka is one of the bright spots on the team right now. Uh, Patrick Kane, another bright spot on the team, even though people want to say that Patrick Kane is the reason we're losing, and it's the Patrick Kane curse. He's been one of the most consistent players on the ice every night. Hmm. The only thing Patrick Kane does not do is any kind of physical checking currently. He uh, really and didn't I do it.
2: that before either. So No,
0: but he's very, very timid now. And it makes yeah. sense because it's the hip. And I, I mean... I feel like he's
2: starting to get a little bit more like getting the body into it, though.
0: He is. But what's not happening is that play. I feel like players on the team are kind of trying to match Patrick Kane. And they're like trying to over-anticipate things or move too fast or they're just not used to working with a winger like that or a winger of that caliber that they're all, he's almost, his moves are maybe almost a little too fast for them. His decision making's almost a little too fast for his line mates.
2: It's it's one of those situations right now where you wish they had a training camp together.
0: Yeah, because this is his training camp. This is his preseason. It's his getting ramped up. I just think that it's going to take a little bit for people like, jt comfort to gel with him because comfort just came back didn't look great in his first game back looked better last night yep but he has to be able to gel with him joe valeno i i love joe valeno joe valeno is a great bottom six center joe valeno when you put him with someone like patrick Kane, that just that's the decision the difference in the decision making and how fast it moves it's just it's not there
2: it's a different comfort level meaning he doesn't
0: look comfortable I have hope for Comfer because Comfer's played with high tier people like McKinnon.
2: M- McKinnon, Linus Gog.
0: Yeah. And uh, I think that it'll it'll work there. But it's just it's going to take a few games for it to go. And he's the he's the least of our worries right now. Yeah. And I think it's just good to have Larkin back there. Larkin, Debrinkit and Kane were on the ice at the same time, which was fantastic. America's line was out there. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, they just have to pull themselves out of this slump. Because, like I said, you've got a game tomorrow, which will be today by the time people are listening to this.
2: Against and then you've got a back to back stout
0: Winnipeg team. You need five points. You need five out of six points coming out of this. Going into because Christmas. Tonight, yeah. tonight, the Lightning are going to jump you. And you're already out of that second wildcard spot. So we can't keep losing like this because we've seen what the team is capable of doing when they put in. 60 minute effort. Mm -hmm. And that's just what they have to get back to because if they do that, they can win.
2: Yeah. It's this team needs to play with speed. When they don't play with speed and they let the other team dictate what's going on, this six game streak is what we're now dealing with, or seven game streak, what have you. They, one thing that I noticed, or I shouldn't say I noticed, just noticed, but I finally decided to put it out there is. To kind of go with that pace piece, did you, have you noticed how much these guys like to hold on to a puck when they re- recover it along the boards by themselves? Then they kind of just see who's going to move around, but then they're also waiting to get basically checked to be, turn into a board battle. Now giving themselves a pressure situation to either they're chipping the puck away to try to hopefully maintain possession or losing a board battle. And now the puck's going back the other way. More often than not, it just seems like they're one step behind each other right now. And they're completely going away from that speed game. And like when we saw, and really the Carolina game was kind of the icing on the cake for that because Carolina plays one of the fastest games in hockey outside of like, I mean, they're like a Rangers or an Edmonton where they're going to pedal to the metal for almost an entire 60 minutes. And you can just hope to corral it. And then counterattack at the at the right moment. And really, since that Detroit's just been kind of meh. We're here, other than maybe the, the final five minutes of the game last night.
0: Yeah, what I noticed is that when they shoot the puck on net and there's a rebound that comes out, nobody there. Uh, there's one guy there that'll battle for it, and everyone else instantly retreats. They all go back. Uh, they also bail a lot on board battles they bail a lot on everything it is generally one guy in there fighting for the puck while everyone else heads off
2: i mean are we are we getting to the point of what the hell are they doing with their scheme
0: it's like offensive zone line changes like but instantly oh. like they do it they do a chance they get a chance on net and as soon as that chance doesn't go in they go fuck it we're all going back to the bench next guys on
2: it's crazy how they'll have a guy in the corner trying to fight for the puck with one or two other defensemen. And then you see a dude, like one of the wingers, come in, act like he's going to go after it, but then he just keeps going. They're, like, abandoning each other, he, and he goes off for a change, or he tries to circle back in the zone, and by that point, the puck's already free, and the defense
0: is already pushing on a breakout. Or they get the puck, and they toss it to a corner where a defenseman is supposed to be, and both the defensemen, Sherratt and Petrie, are on the same guy. And there's no one at the corner to get the puck. It's just it's consistent miscues that just that show that they're not playing together or that they're no. not all working in the system. And it's guys that are trying to do things by themselves.
2: And, we, and we've we've talked about this before, too. And it, it wasn't this bad because they were overcoming it and adjusting in the game. Right now, they're not doing those things. And what's crazy is that going back to the game from last night, Andrew Cop. Easily the new Franz Nielsen at this point with the way that he's been kind of looking out there, other than the fact that Nielsen could win more faceoff draws if you really needed it. Early in that game yesterday, he was back to his usual BS. I got the puck. Oh, it's hot. I'm going to dump it. I'm chipping it away. Try to get it to somebody. Hey, you go get it. He started actually stepping up in the third period. And what was he doing? He was holding on to the puck. He was driving along the edge. He was pushing around behind the net. He is a guy for whatever reason likes to try to get it to everybody. I get it. Uh, mo- he is a setup guy. He's like a Valtteri Filppula. And if we can see more of what we, what I noticed in the third period yesterday, Andrew Kopp can be one. Now fit your top two center role. If he continues with his usual, no, I don't really. I'm just gonna meh, chip the puck down the around the boards or chip it away. Like He does it all the time in the offens- uh, defensive zone, too. And we're not even going to talk about the defensive struggles of the team because it's going to drive me up the wall. But if he would actually work on maintaining that possession, guys swarm him, and that's where he actually can be effective because he's a great setup guy. We just aren't seeing that right now. And we're not seeing it from a lot of guys, from um, what their potential could be because, like we said, they're reaching, they're poking they're trying to do, they're not moving their feet to go uh, uh, go attack the puck. They're
0: being too passive. Yes. They're playing passive hockey. And unless Raymond did
2: not have a good game last night and he was doing no, a lot of that stuff.
0: But unless you're scoring 6-7 a game like you were before now, you can't play passive hockey. You hmm. need to be consistently active, consistently. You cannot play defensive one because your defense has sucked. Mm-hmm. and two because you need to score a bunch before you can do that and you're not doing that so i think that what we need out of the red wings coming up in the next three games is just 60 minutes of actual hockey start on time play aggressive run it up like you know you can run it up jake wallman's gonna come gotta come off the top pair i mean it's you i would put ghost up there with cider ghost and cider should be your top pair yeah i would put Mata, uh, I would put Mata with Walman or I would put Sherat with Walman, and I would throw uh, my bottom pair would be probably Petrie and whoever else. So,
2: I, I think Mata with Walman would be good because we talked about this before and really last year a lot. Well, we saw Heronic do with Mata, it, it
0: unleashes, it balances, him, if you it's will, a balance,
2: yeah. I think that would be a great pairing because right now, him and, and Mo, the communication's not there. The, they're not gelling. Like it's, it's just a struggle bus. And they're both trying to, I don't want to say make up
0: for one another, but... They're both trying to force offense. They don't trust what each other. do they do trying to do. They,
2: they don't trust, they don't trust the, the skill that they have right now. Like Mo's really struggled, I think, almost more than Walman to an extent. And they need something new. I, I, I don't want to say limit their minutes because who do you give it to at this point? I mean, Ghost and Mata, you can give more to, but.
0: No, just refresh it. Refresh the paint Justin
2: Hall has been terrible, so he's not getting more minutes. Jeff Petrie, I think he was actually your hardest playing def- player of the night last night.
0: Black and white games from Jeff Petrie. He's either 100% on or 100% off.
2: And it, Yeah, and when he's on. That's what we would were thinking we were going to get throughout this season. I think he's one of the hardest skaters on the team when he's on, and he showed it last night.
0: My advice would be go watch some Tijiginla games. Uh, Tijiginla is a great prospect. He is 17 years old. He is eligible for the draft. He's oh, Jerome Aguilar, one of Jerome Aginla's kids. He is six foot, 185 pounds. He's playing for the Kelowna Rockets in the WHL, has 42 points in 32 games right now, 25 goals, 17 assists in his first game uh, with Kelowna. So he's built like his
2: dad? Uh, Is he what? So he's already built like his dad?
0: Oh, yeah. I think he's already taller than his dad, too. Um, But Gimlo
2: was a frickin' Red Wing killer back in the day, man.
0: He improved over his past season with Seattle Thunderbirds. 48 games played, only had 18 points now it's 42 points in 32 games with Kelowna. So go watch him uh, for reference. I guess Jerome Aginla. No, Jerome Aginla is six foot one, two oh nine. So, so he's getting there. He's getting there and he's only 17 years old. So he's mocked at around 14 or 15. That could be so Detroit. That, I mean, if we're going to be middle of the pack, if we're just going to miss the playoffs, we'll probably be picking around 15 or 16. So that could be right within our zone. Ryan, what's your final thoughts before we sign off?
2: Uh, final thoughts. They really got to figure it out going into Christmas. And really, what I want to see and hope to see is that they play fast, play to the system that we saw that's been so successful that puts the puck in the net, but not so much so that it impacts you playing horribly defensive hockey. Because who knows who's going to be in net come this. Come tomorrow. It's probably going to be Reimer and maybe, and I'm assuming Hutchinson based on everything that we've got going on. So this could be a rough couple of games, and we can only hope that Reimer stops enough to help this team win. Because we've already seen Philly. they they're they're looking good. Winnipeg, we've seen them, they're a good team. And then who's the last game on Saturday? New Jersey. I don't need to say much more there. So A tough three games going into the Christmas break, but uh, I don't know. I think that if they rebound and get five points, like you mentioned, huge, because that puts them right back to where they need to be. But we'll just have to wait and see. Already Ryan, 33. Merry Christmas.
0: Yeah, uh, we will be back next week sometime. I know Monday when we normally record is Christmas, so we will probably record on Tuesday. Uh, But my final thoughts are just, God, buckle up because this could get really rough here, and uh, we need points because we're slipping pretty fast here. We need to make up some ground before the halfway point of the season, uh, hopefully. But you can follow me online at Bring the Wing. You can follow the Grindline Podcast online at GrindlinePod. We'll give a shout out to the Hockey Podcast Network at HockeyPodNet on Twitter uh, for hosting us and spreading our podcast around. We we'll give a shout out to Vintage Detroit which is the only place you should get your Detroit jerseys from and worked on. Our Redbubble shop where you can get our merch, you can go to redbubble.com and search the grind line and find our shop there with designs where you can put it on a whole bunch of stuff. They might still be running a sale. Normally they run the sale through Christmas. So go check that out. And check out our YouTube channel. Go there, like, subscribe, turn on your notifications, all that fun stuff. So you can see when our episodes go live and you can watch us throw up some pretty graphics on the screen when we talk about things. Uh, But that's going to do it for us tonight. So for Ryan, I am Greg. Use to class the octone.